this crowd, and they played a major part in this victory tonight. 75, and we're in the final second. Another week, play-by-play analysis. Your boy Devin Ashby, SKA play-by-play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Y'all do know. So, you know, we're going to jump right into it. Seven and eight. Seven and eight. What did y'all think of seven first? I felt as if, though, the series is shaping up to be like fine wine. Like, it's getting better the deeper they go into it. And there's just, like, certain things that I didn't think they were going to, like, not say they shouldn't have touched on them, but I'm surprised in the depth for a 30-for-30 dog that they're really hitting it with that it's kind of like they made sure all the boxes were checked off. Right. What about you, X? So I feel like we say this every week, and I feel like we're going to say this until the end of the series. Right. We saw the best episode yesterday with episode seven. To me, that that took over where episode five was. And episode five was deep. It was good. But episode seven covered so much on so many different levels. So I was really pleased with how they're doing it. I'm just piggyback off what Lawrence is saying. They're saying uh, it is like fine wine. Like there have been no dull points throughout this documentary series at all. And even when they did the OJ documentary series, there were points of where you're like, okay, let me turn this off. Like, I, I can do without seeing this. But, like, this has been must-see TV every single minute, every single second. Now, so, like, and, I'm really looking forward to episodes 9 and 10, and I'm really disappointed that it's actually about to end. That's what I was about to say. In, in OJ's defense, there wasn't a pandemic. <laughs> so it's not like we had undivided attention. But, I mean, but that being said... This has been excellent. Like every single episode has brought something new to the table, you know. And seven was seven and eight actually, but especially seven was easily one of the more emotional episodes because we learned about you know Jordan's father being, I, I guess, killed. Because I mean, yeah, you know, they they never really. I mean, they had two people on trial, I think. Right? I don't know. Did they ever get convicted? That part I'm unsure of. Because they didn't say it in the doc, but like in real life, I don't know who was. I'm sure people were following the case. But, uh... What what I want to point out about 
seven more specifically, but eight as well. This whole time we've been seeing, uh, we've been seeing them be, you know, a hard, hard butt or whatever. But especially what those last 10 and 15 seconds of seven, y'all, you know, you hear his voice breaking. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This man didn't cry about nothing. But as soon as he decided that he was like, oh man, y'all call me a tyrant, but no, I just love to win. Like this man was in tears about winning. You know, he loved it that much and hated the fact that he's being looked at as this bad dude, which I'm like, you know, I personally agree because I'm like, especially as somebody that's played, I mean, I haven't played since high school, but as somebody that's played sports, like, yo, you can't be no cupcake, whatever, in the, in, in no locker room and think that you're going to last anywhere or win anything. You know, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy. It's the NBA. Like, it's the top ball players in the planet. Is playing in this league. Like, come on now. Uh, Especially you know, now. Uh, did y'all see this tweet that J.A. Adonde came out with where he said that one time he was speaking to Isaiah Thomas, Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, and Isaiah Thomas was speaking to him about success and athletics, and Isaiah Thomas said to him, sometimes you have to be willing to go to dark places. Yeah, and he's right. He's definitely right. Because well, you know, uh, I was going to say down to that and to add on to get my takeaways from it also just you know i like i like it too i just had a, a couple of different takeaways uh first after mike's first retirement the thing that caught my attention was the reporters at the retirement high it was so many uh the reporters it was like unanimous everybody was saying mike was the goat after his first retirement so that mean after first that mean after three rings and they made it. They put statue outside of the uh, arena, saying that the greatest all time. So they just bring me back to like after him only winning three rings, people understood that he was the goat. So they bring me back to like Burry had more rings, Magic had more rings, Kareem had more rings, uh, even Bill Russell. But people still see him as a goat. So that let me like that made me think like a lot of older people will try to make us believe that the reason that certain people not putting the goat conversations is because they're rings. But even after Mike retired after that first time, people decided he was the GOAT with less rings than a lot of people that was ahead um that came before him. But let somebody like uh Curry, Duncan, LeBron, somebody like that, they bring they all bring up the ring conversation like LeBron um, Jordan got six, he was six and oh. Well after his first retirement he only had three and y'all still say he was the GOAT. So is it because he got six or is it because his talent on the court made him the GOAT? So that's one of my um bigger takeaways that I had from it. Right, right. I think to that point that it definitely, the more that I watched this, I think it was the talent and it was the, just the way he came after people that people love. Like this dude was, yeah, he was a, an assassin. He was very cerebral with everything he did. And I feel like people loved that a lot and which they could, even though, like you said, the rings thing, I used to be one of those guys like, Oh yeah, you know, he's six and no, he was, but I'm like, you know, we can appreciate both and also realize, like, they were great for their eras, you know? One thing, uh, just to, just to be an anti-Jordan, even though we all <laughs> love Jordan, just to be a little anti-Jordan, uh, after he lost that series against the Magic, coming back, whatever, whatever, he lost that series, um, we all lose sometimes. Right. He went and recorded Space Jam. Mm-hmm. If a player did that today, 
lose this playoff series, make a movie, what would, what would be the main line every day on every sports talk? He not dedicated. Not dedicated. Not, not focused. Not disciplined. How you, yeah, how you lose a playoff series and decide to record a movie. But at That's the same it, time, they had that gym made for him. I, I yeah, understand but the, but, that. But the media doesn't know that. Do, that's, what I'm, that's my point. You can do both. But they make it seem like if you're not just doing one, then that means you're not dedicated to either. Like, if you can't just do focus on basketball and not worry about um, other things, then you're not focused on basketball. You worry about your Hollywood status or your celebrity status. Yeah, which people he did would both, say and I give him credit for that. That's why I like that he, they showed that he did both. But when a player do that today, it makes it seem like they're not dedicated because they want to do, they want to venture off the other stuff. And also, in my downtime, I'm going I'm to mix in playing basketball for eight, nine hours a day, then shoot for two hours, then rest for like four hours, then get back to practice for eight, nine hours a day. The media going to make it seem like, it's, oh, no, if you're not focused on basketball, that means you're not focused on winning. Right. They. I mean, this doc definitely is killing it a lot of... It was the media last night. Yeah, they were, they were killing a lot of narratives last night, though, about Jordan. And then... Yeah, for sure, sure. Lawrence, what did you think? Man, um, I actually felt that uh, I sided I sided with Jordan in uh, episode seven when he was basically saying, like, you know, the people who were saying things about after they had found his father's body, they were people who were just trying to hurt him already. And I really, like, I really felt it because it's like y'all were trying to use any other narrative, like, to, to hit at the man because he... In essence, had been on top for so much. I remember, I believe it was in either episodes five or six where he was saying basically he wouldn't have got the Nike deal if he wouldn't have been killing. So that same, I feel like that same theory is attached to why they were trying to tear him down. He was winning so much where it's like, all right, you know, you win so much at a, at, at one point. It's all, it's all good. So like, we like to mix it up. But if you keep winning, kind of like how the Warriors were or how the Lakers were in the MVP, People want to, all right, bro, when are these people going to lose now? The Patriots. And so I thought that was kind of rotten from the media standpoint to where it's kind of like, they were thinking of all these kind of ways, right? Well, was it the gambling? Well, because he was out late gambling this night. You know, that's probably why his, fire, his father got clipped. So I felt like that was definitely, like, very in the wrong. End. And I felt like that, like, you know, crossed some boundaries. Especially Sports Illustrated. That Sports Illustrated stuff, that was uncalled for. Yeah, no, they, they definitely were tripping. But the the gambling thing kills me because, first of all, he wasn't doing anything illegal, so I don't know why people were so determined to make this, like, oh, he's gambling, so he got suspended for 18 months. Suspended for what? What was he doing that was... <laughs> what was he doing that he would get suspended? You know, yeah, he's, sh- he's hanging out with some shady people, but who isn't, you know? And, right. and how does he know what these people do in their spare time? All he's doing is playing golf. He ain't out here running drug operations or nothing. Right. Tom Brady was hanging out in Hernandez. You know, uh, Tebow was too. They was at college yeah. together. You know? <laughs> and he's everybody's golden child. You know, big Christian, big, big God lover. You know, but he's hanging out with the devil. That's what <laughs> um, they need That Florida team. That whole Florida team and the whole doc. Full of goons, bro. <laughs> Full of goons, bro. Percy Harvey. But yeah, to add, add on to that uh, suspension, like, um, a lot of people were saying that he got suspended or he was asked to step away by David Stone. And David Stone was in the dock saying that he never did that. That was false. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had seen, a, I had watched a couple of videos earlier today where they were saying, like, certain reporters was coming out saying that he was asked to step away because he's uh, gambling 
Right. And uh, even Skip Bayless was like, uh, uh, he felt like it was because of the gambler that he got, he had to step away because he was, uh, he was getting too involved in his life, and the people that he was hanging out with was getting too suspicious. So they was questioning, well, well, are you, are you gambling? If you gambling that much off the off the court, are you risking gambling on the court? Like throwing games. It, 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 yeah, are you throwing games? Well, not even throwing games, point shaving. Are you losing by, instead of being a team by 15, are you being a team by five so it can it can, it can reach a, a certain point total? Right. So, are you saying, I'm not saying I believe in it. I'm just saying that's just a different viewpoint about what a lot of people were saying, like, back in that time. Like, looking looking back now, 20-some years later, or however long it's been, looking back now, it, it doesn't seem more real because after all this time, I feel like something would have came out. If it was true, right? But sit, look in that moment. I I seen why a lot of people were saying why why he has, he stepped away for this, and also his dad. Uh, that's like that was tough. He said he was already tired of the game already. He said he was already ready to step away anyway. Then on top of all that, feeling all that pressure, your dad passed away. So that's like a lot to deal. He wanted with. him to play. Uh, crap, I'm gonna say He wanted him to play baseball. Right. Yeah. And he well, needed. I don't get he, why that couldn't be it. You know, why, why, why the extra speculation? And same thing with, with his dad past, uh, getting killed. Like, it didn't have to be some shadowy figure that killed him. It could just be the fact that, yo, he's a famous athlete, so his whole family are targets now. Because that happens all the time. Like, we saw, like, when Manu Ginobili, I think his family, he had family members in his hometown that was getting kidnapped and held for ransom and stuff. Like, you become a target when you're rich. And your family, unfortunately, which is why people like privacy. Like, that's why the baby keep beating the hell out of people when they record them and stuff. Because it, it's really crazy out here. Like, y'all saw what happened to Pop Smoke earlier this year. You know? Like, it's you become a target when you got money, especially Jordan money. Yeah. So that's what it could have t- been. I'll take one guess at the gambling thing, and maybe I'm off on this one, but this is just, this is just me throwing out a little hindsight here. It's two different sports, and it's two different things that they were doing with the gambling. Right. But maybe some people, not everybody, but maybe some people may have been looking at Jordan and coming down on him for the gambling because they looked at what Major League Baseball had did to Pete Rose just a few years earlier with him and gambling. Yeah, I did forget about that. And even though it's two different things that they were doing, because Jordan wasn't doing the things that Pete Rose was doing with gambling. Right. But... Just the fact that it was gambling alone and people aren't looking that far into the details and trying to sort out the differences and the comparisons and the contrast and any of that. No, they're just taking that one key word, the gambling. And they're probably, some of them may have been looking at the way that the MLB handled Pete Rose and the gambling and how he was disgraced out of the entire game of baseball because of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were looking to see, okay, is the NBA going to try to do something similar here with Michael Jordan? Because Pete Rose, one of the most iconic players to ever play in the game of baseball, and you got Jordan here, arguably the most iconic player to ever play in the history of the NBA. Like, so people may have been looking for something there, even though it's, it's some real differences there in the styles of gambling that were going on there with those two. But that's something that people could have been reaching for without looking too far into the details. Right. That is true. That is true. I forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. He rose in. He's still paying for that. He's still in. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Even though now he's talking about um, trying to, like, he was trying to lobby for it, like, not too long ago. But it's probably not going to happen. One thing that I I think that, I mean, the the doctor (laughs) is good for Jordan. 
his career. But one thing I feel like if you heard in Scott is based on the stuff that he would do in his career, like he did, like they brought up the migraine game where he uh, he couldn't play because of migraine. They brought up him sitting out on I think it was episode seven when he set out because uh, they called it the play for Tony Kukos, and they brought up early on in the doc where he did the surgery. I think it was episode one or two when he did the surgery after uh, after the summer because he didn't want to lose his summer, like. They showed a lot about Scotty that, like, I didn't know for sure. Like, I didn't know that he did this during his time in playing. And um, I can just, he just been, to me, just been like, it hasn't been the best light for Scotty. Like, but even Jordan said it wouldn't be no Michael Jordan without Scotty. That's like the ultimate compliment. But they brought a lot, a lot of light to a lot of stuff that he did while he was playing that, that didn't bring light to him as a person or him with his game. Right. Stephen A. A was talking about that today on first take. But, like, even though that's true, like, Scotty's the one talking about it a lot of it, though. Like, Scotty was the one that said, like, I was one for gun my summer. Like, Scotty said that. Right. Uh, and then Scotty was the one who was talking about, like, like there's footage. And then there's other people. It'd be one thing if it was Michael, like, bashing Scotty. But, like, everybody was like, yeah, bro, Scotty sat out. Like, he told he told Phil, I'm not I'm not coming in if I don't get to shoot the ball. Like, those kind of things is like, yeah, bro, it does make Scotty look selfish. But it's like. You did that. <laughs> yeah, it's different. You did those acts. Yeah, it's different. Like with Horace, it just seemed like they're piling on Horace. Like, oh man, you know, he's out here telling, he's snitching. Oh, you know, and he left and, and he, you know, it, it seemed like Horace is kind of being made out to be whatever. But I don't see that with Scotty. The way that mm-hmm. some other people claim that it's happening. I just, like, Scotty himself is like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> right, and that's, that's what I was going to say. They talked about it right after on a. On SVP last night, and they also brought up the point. You know, Scotty was in his younger twenties too. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a, I'm saying he's older he's now. Selfish, right? He's a little more older to own that. You know. That, and then you know, shout out to. Who was the guy they said he, he he stood up, had a speech, was crying? Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright. There you go. It's an infamous incident because I'll tell you guys something right now. I started to come into our group last night. Right when they were talking about the Bulls without Jordan and how everybody's talking about, you know, we just got to play. We just got to continue playing. We just got to move on. You know, life goes on. I started coming in tight. Get ready because they're about to take a whole nother dump on Scotty. Because that is a very infamous incident what took place there in that, in that playoff game against the Knicks. Scotty refusing to go in because Phil didn't draw up the play for him. He drew it up for Tony Kukoc. That's a very infamous incident. And what took place in the locker room afterwards is is really spoken about in a few other sports circles. Yeah, and, and the instinct kind of got, I mean, to me it's bad. Like, you quit on your team pretty much. Even though he owned it and he said he'd do it again, he still quit on his team at the end of the day. And like, I feel yeah. like that's, that's not something any teammate or anybody would want their teammate to do, especially in the playoffs. And they and they were saying like it kind of got swept under the rug, not only because Tony Kukos made the shot, so the game was over. If they were, he would have missed the shot and they went to overtime and lost, it would have been a different story. Like Scotty, why weren't you in the game? They'd have pressed him, and also they had a, a, another game two days later. So they kind of like they moving on from it. like the game. That game happened. He didn't come in. Tony Kukos hit the shot. The game was won. So it was like a question, like, what happened? But then, oh, we got to get ready for the next game. It's like, you got to keep, they never had a chance to, like, sit on and be like, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't this happen? So 
he never really got questioned for it. So that's kind of like, because honestly, I, I never heard of that. I heard of the migraine. I, um, the ankle surgery was nothing I never heard of. But the, him sitting out that game, that's nothing I never heard before. So to hear it now, and him saying, even as a full-grown adult, that he would do it again, I still feel like, because he, he kind of, it, it just, I don't know. He kind of like, to me, he's lacking self-awareness because he, he, he went on there and said he regretted it. And he, he, he didn't like how it went down, but then he turned around and he said, I'll do it again. Like, You know, he said, well, I think he, he said, said I he wouldn't change it. But I didn't get why, you know, at his big age, why he would <laughs> do it again. That's why I was confused. At your big age? He apologized. Yeah, she said at his big age? <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make no sense to me. Like, like that's he said he said. apologized, he regretted it, and he, he cried. But after all that, I, oh, I'll do it again, though. Right. It's not, it's not, he, it's like he got pride. Like, he just trying to stand on that. When he I don't have to. something deeper than that, too. Same thing it, with it Isaiah Thomas. It probably is. Because that incident alone is why some people during that time started to say things like, see, Scotty will never be Michael Jordan. It's stuff like that. That's the reason that people, I mean, y'all, we saw it in the earlier episodes. This man, Michael Jordan, was out here playing on a broken foot. That if he had went out there and broke again, his career probably would have been over. And, like, Jordan would never do something like what Scotty did. Like, basically just going out there and quitting on the team like that. And, like, Chicagoans, they know that. They knew that. And, you know, they knew Jordan had played on that broken foot for them just to wheel them into the playoffs and those types of things. So, like... True. But... I, I don't necessarily like the fact that it's a dump being taken all over Scotty, though, for a lot of the things that he did. Because, lot, you yeah. know, one of the biggest things I'm going to be looking forward to in episodes 9 and 10? Tell Go us ahead. about that flu game. Did Michael really I'm have waiting on that. <laughs> yeah, we about to find out. I know that. It's a conspiracy. Speaking of conspiracies. That's what the people want to know. Speaking of conspiracies, <laughs> they just glossed over Space Jam. I was waiting for them to tell us that the villain represented Jerry Krause. That was all I was looking forward to all week. Uh-huh. They want to bring that up. I needed validation for that. And now that he didn't say anything, my theory still stands. The um the series with the magic where when they went on to win that one was interesting to me just because I never had known that Jordan had lost an early playoff series that late in his career like I just kind of for some reason like yeah I knew they didn't win in 95 but I didn't really know how it ended so like to see you didn't know he uh, had a turnover you know that yeah I didn't know anything like they I didn't know that don't get this boy started I didn't know that it was Horace that the put them out. The headline that they said was, what, breaking news, Michael Jordan is human? Right. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, they don't. They, they don't talk about him turning it over and losing the game. Or Nick Van, who was it? Nick Van that was up on him and stole the ball from him. Made him no, it was, no, it was Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. Because yeah. my first time learning about that was when they did the Shaq and Penny documents for the, their 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. And they That's showed up when about. that happened. Yeah, yeah, they don't talk about it, though. They burnt them tapes, as uh, some people say. They burnt the, they burnt that the, um Magic Game series. They burnt all them tapes. The NBA, they got rid of that. They can't have their golden child in bad light. Come on. They just put it in the midst of a pandemic. They put it right in some of the, inside the documentary, knowing everybody's going to see it. 
know what I'm saying? I'm glad, that's what I'm saying. After all this time, I'm glad they brought it back. Like, right. a lot of people, a lot of, like you said, you didn't know that. A lot of people didn't know that. Only reason, like, except the only reason I knew because I seen that magic doc. If it was for that, like, I wouldn't have known that. But they, I'm just saying they make it seem like Jordan was uh, 20 for 20 on game winning shots and never turned it over. If, if a player, <laughs> if a player did it today, they killing them. But the GOAT did it. This, this ain't everybody not human. Just like Megan said, they Michael Jordan is even. And I think some they said it doing the doc. Him t- get, turn that ball over was like seeing um, somebody finally beating up Muhammad Ali. Like it was like wow, he actually he actually is human. Like something. Like and it was a one point game, right? Like they were trailing by one, right? Yeah, yeah. The Supersonics yeah. team, you know, shout out to the Supersonics in those jerseys. You bring know? them back. Bring them back. Bring them NBA, back. Bring them back. Same with the I Hornets. I had one other point. Uh, it was in <clears throat> episode seven that was really just like really compelling to me was the links that Michael was willing to go to to make sure like he got the most out of his teammates. And like not to bash somebody, but like that's kind of stuff that like, you know, you hear about the Kobe stories. Like that's what Kobe was doing. And this is kind of the type of, one of those type of things that was kind of like either – you gonna come along with me for the ride, or this not the, or this not the train for you? Right. Yeah. And it was just crazy to see, like, and it was funny because they all the same story. When we were there at practice or in the game, he Mike would do whatever, they, whatever it needed to, whatever needed to be done to win a game. And of course, he crossed many lines, but off the court after the game, he was cool to be with. He was like a cool dude. I remember they had, I forgot the man's his, his name was Scotty something, but he went to UConn. And he brought his two teammates, one one who was in a wheelchair, to meet Michael after the game. And Michael was just sitting there kicking with him, like, yo, what's good with y'all? Like, how y'all doing today? And they were sitting there cracking jokes. But I felt like that's a drive that, you know, I would say not every NBA player currently has that drive. I know we saw a little, like, flash of it when Demi Butler was Timberwolves, like, letting them know that y'all are soft. But I feel like not every, and not even every NBA quote-unquote superstar has that drive to where, or you might hate me right now, but when we have these rings, it's all good and fun. Mm-hmm. Especially today. Especially today. I agree with that. Even though it's my generation. Especially today in the NBA. It don't seem like that. That kind of drive is right. But uh, this is, this is, leadership was different. Like, Kobe had the same leadership. But, like, but the only thing I take away from it is that, like, he lead, he led that way. He got on his teammates. He was like, like not like I ain't gonna say a bully because I don't want to make it seem like it was negative. But he kind of drove them. He was on them, tough on them. But it's at the end of the day, I, I feel like that's not the only way you can lead. Like it's other ways to lead. Like Tim Duncan not a talker and he got five rings. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like like there's other ways. Like a lot of people make it seem like if you're not like that, then you're not gonna win. Not the case. Right. Why like, Leonard be, never said be, a word. He's a two time MVP. Hey, you know what I'm saying? It's, and, he, and, and people are like, be like, well, he did that like that and he got six rings and he's the greatest all time. Well, for him, he already counted. He was just trying to bring out his teammates because he was our, Mike was the GOAT because he was the GOAT. Like, he was born to be the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that's not the only way to lead. Man, like like I said, like Tim Duncan, a good example. Like I didn't think I forgot about Kawhi. Kawhi, even um, they said Magic was tough, but Magic didn't lead like that either. Though, like that, I, I thought about the leadership thing too. Like it was other way to lead, but Mike Way was effective and it worked for his group, and it did amazing for them because they they want me the greatest team of all time. This uh seventy two team was the greatest team of all time, 
And that could be ain't got no ring. Right. Yo, I just want to piggyback off of that real quick. And I agree with both of y'all. And I just got to say, I feel like we got to give a huge shout out to Scott Burrell because he took a lot of crap. Scott Burrell, he was a man about it. Yeah, he was. And he didn't let he didn't let it phase him either. Like, you know, he he just kept doing his own thing and Scott and Jordan was like, I could never get to him. I never could. You know? And that was that was cool. And it but the, the the highlight of both of them was when him and uh, Steve Kerr had gotten a fist fight, full blown fist fight. And he said he punched him in the face. You said what? You know, and I know Kerr gets can talk because as a head coach, he's been throwing out some games for you know getting a little getting a little uh, fiery. So you kind of could see it. It's it's not no, out of the realm of possibility. Uh, chalkboard. Yeah, he broke the chalkboard. You know, and you realize now you can see how he can deal with a Draymond Green or or can deal with a Kevin Durant like that. That year that they had all of them together like that, you can see how he could deal with it because he was Michael Jordan's teammate. Steve Kerr wasn't trying to fight no Draymond though. I mean, yeah, not anymore. He's old now. y'all this though we've heard for like the years that KD was in Golden State that him and Steve Kerr were not always necessarily on the same page or they didn't have the best relationship not exactly sure what the root of that problem was but with everything that we learned last night about Steve Kerr him standing up to Jordan and his toughness doing something that most of those other teammates and most other players in the league wouldn't dare to do you don't feel that that may make the perception that a lot of people have about Steve Kerr kind of change here a little and yeah. maybe not necessarily view him as just some pretty boy that came along for a ride that was only just a matter of time away from taking off because we know the story that people say when it comes to him and that Golden State Warriors job and everything like that. But you feel that this may change the way that people may now view him personally? A little bit. I feel like you know he got a little bit more to his story. Yeah. I feel like I feel like what changed the story about C. Kerr being not even as a player but as a coach was that Draymond Green. I know we talked about it before, but his interview on All the Smoke when yeah. he said that when Steve Kerr came in, they did a completely different offense. And I know a lot of people said that he kind of that um he kind of stole Mark Jackson's team, and which Mark Jackson did help mold them and give them the confidence and toughness they needed. But Draymond said it himself. He said he's not sure if they would have won if it wasn't for Steve Kerr bringing in his new offense. And what kind of made me think about that during the Mike documentary was when Doug Collins didn't want to switch to the triangle and they was kind of pressing him about it. But he was stuck on just giving the ball to Jordan and everybody got out the way. But when Theo came in, he kind of committed to the triangle and they just took off and started winning. And some people say they would have won already because Jordan had matured and Scotty had matured. But I just know that they said it in the doc that that switching up to the triangle helped them tremendously because it got everybody else involved and everybody just wasn't sitting around watching Jordan. And that's something to add on Steve Kerr Day. Even though he's walked into a, like a amazing situation walking into the Golden State team, he did bring his own offense, which um, Draymond said they was not doing before he got there. He was mainly just let Curry do his thing and we just try to get, get in where we fit in. And that's something to add on like Steve Kerr as far as coaching-wise. Right. For sure, I think it it kind of helped him, but we're we're starting to see it with him. Now, speaking of the Warriors, though, 
we the the ninety four ninety five Bulls. A lot of people, the the team that the Warriors ended up breaking their record. That squad was something crazy. You know, they won like twenty five or twenty six games in a row at one point. You know, and they went like a whole month and a half, I think, at one point without losing the game. They ended up going seventy two and ten. At the time, they were the first team to get seventy wins. Um, you know, like, so people were saying it's the greatest game ever, but then they get to the finals, they're up three, nothing. And then Seattle and, you know, Sean Kemp and the glove, you know, they bring them back into that series, but it's kind of like a poetic moment because father's day weekend, the, the bulls clinch the title. And then we see that powerful image of Jordan when he's on the floor crying because his father's not there. Like that was... I, I kind of wish they would have ended it right there, like for that episode. Say it. You gotta say how it is, Devon. Don't sugarcoat it. They was they was up three zero, and they put Gary the glove painting on him, and he put them clamps on Jordan. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he locked me. And what Jordan was did when Gary said that he bust out laughing. He was like, man, this dude a joke. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was funny too, though. When he's he just sitting like, there laughing, like yo. Gary said, if he, he said, about if I was on him game one, I'm not saying it would have been different, but it would have been. I'm not saying said, I'm, I'm not saying we would have won, but it would have been different. But like you still lost, so it don't matter. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's I didn't get that. <laughs> well, I mean, what else is he gonna say? I mean, I mean what else I'm, is he gonna he say? He did a good job on it. They put the stats up. I think they said Jordan Davis like thirty a game before them first two, the first three games. I think he went uh, what six for nineteen. Yeah, six for nineteen. Yeah, yep. Those those next three games, he kind of his percentage went his percentage and scoring and everything went down when Gary got on him. And but Jordan, like you said, adding on to the Father's Day point, he said it in the doc that he said it wasn't the glove that slowed me down. I was just dealing with a lot of stuff outside the court that kind of yeah. messed me up during the game. And him winning the championship on Father's Day was like poetic justice because man, it it can be his first championship after his father passed away. Is on Father's Day like this. You can't write no better story than that. That was just that was just right. Yeah. You can't, and I believe that that may have been a part of it. But I'm also not going to sit there and completely crap all over Gary Payton. The way that Twitter was doing last night, Gary Payton's one of the greatest point guards in NBA history. One of the greatest defensive players in NBA history. He's called the Glove for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit there and disrespect him like that. I'm also not going to disrespect that Sonic team like that, even though they lost. Hearing them say that that was said to be one of the uh, biggest underdogs in finals history, that was telling to me because I'm like, all right, I know the Bulls are iconic and they just had this 72-10 and 10 season that no other team's ever done before. I know they have Michael Jordan then being considered the greatest player of all time. Many still consider him the greatest player of all time. But do people not realize that the Seattle Supersonics team went into the finals with a 64-18 and 18 record in the regular season? That's one of the top 20 or 25 best records of all time. I haven't checked that for myself yet, but I believe that's got to be one of the top 20, 25 greatest regular season records of all time right there. They were 64-18. and 18. Sean Kemp and Gary Payton were Lob City before Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were Lob City. Like, so I'm not going to sit there and disrespect that team, and I'm not going to sit there and disrespect Gary Payton as a player like that. But it is poetic justice for Jordan to be able to win that championship on Father's Day the way he did. And I've seen the image of him 
on the floor, in the locker room, crying with the ball a lot. What really made the hairs on me stand up more and gave me goosebumps was hearing the crying and the heaving. Because I had never heard the actual sound effects of him being on that floor before. But to hear that last night, that was like, that was deep. Yeah, now my other thing, how many damn cameramen <laughs> needed to take the picture? Like, let the man grieve, you know? Um, no, no, you know that ain't gonna happen. Right, I'm just saying. I ain't gonna hold you, bro. If I was at the house, don't be that Yeah. No, I'm saying, because... They gonna be in there until they get put out. He, you know, he yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, until somebody... I'm not, No, I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't be in there. I'm just saying, like, that was kind of wild. It's just... Because everybody wants that award for that picture, obviously. You know, yeah, they had to kick everybody out. But I'm saying, I wish. The Gary Payton point, I agree. Like that's why I brought it up. I feel like Gary Payton did his job on Jordan, and I feel like I feel like I still feel like Jordan would they would have won the series. But I feel like if he was on them from game one, it would it would have been a better series. Let me say that they won that one up three zero. Let me say that right because I feel like um, Gary Payton did do a good job on. Him. I mean. Of course, he, 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 I think, ain't he the only point guard to ever win defensive player of the year? I think so, yeah. I don't know. I was confused about that, too. Like, I get you playing the point, but I don't get why he wasn't even, like, set to, you know, to man Jordan anyway. Knowing that, I don't know. That confused me. Well, they said George Carl wanted him to be a scorer because playing defense wasn't going to help them if they can't score. So, is what he said at first. Uh-huh. And then George Carl. George Carl ain't even shake the man's see, hand. See, Dale, Dale, let me just say one thing about that whole George Carl thing. God bless him. The man has been through a lot. Right. You know, glad he's persevered through all of his battles with cancer and everything like that. Mm-hmm. With that being said, that man's an idiot. And I say that <laughs> for two idiot. different reasons. <laughs> I say that for two different reasons. One, you ignore Michael Jordan when he's out to dinner knowing that you already have a previous relationship with him because of the North Carolina con- connection with Dean Smith and everything like that. But now because it's the finals, you want to behave like a prick and act like everything has changed. And now number two, you have your best defensive player in Gary Payton. You have other players on that team who could have been used as offensive options. Like you didn't have to necessarily use Gary Payton for saying, okay, I just want you to focus on scoring right now and, you know, we won't really worry so much about your lockdown defense. That's a very idiotic move to me because I'm, I'm just like, no, you want to try to contain 23 and red as much as you possibly can. It's only so much you're going to be able to do to him anyway. Like, he had a lot of games in his career, Michael Jordan, where he had games where, they, where he was like 7 for 22 and 6 for 19 from the field and still somehow ended up with 30 or 40 points scoring. Right. It's only so much you're going to be able to do to contain him from scoring anyway. But you want to do your best to try to make everybody else on that team beat you. And, like, to put that strategy in place, I'm just like, no, that was just idiotic. That was stupid. Right. Now, the, oh, yeah, never got a ring. I didn't understand either. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say um, that we learned about Jordan, he's psychotic. He is absolutely psychotic. This man created a false story to motivate himself. Um, they they talked about LeBradford Smith with, with the Wizards, and he scored 37, and then Jordan told the press that he wrapped his arm around him and said, good game. And then the very next night, because it was a back-to-back, and they were on the road, they went into Washington, Jordan 
eclipsed the Bradford Smith's game total in the first half at 37. And I can't remember how many he ended up having the whole game. But when they asked him about it later, he was like, you know, I made it up. I'm like, this man is psychotic. A lunatic. A lot of... Like a lot of uh, that that was crazy, and a lot of athletes kind of do that. I ain't gonna say a lot, but I know I heard the stories like uh, Kevin Durant when he was on Golden State. I'm he say did that. Did it. Yeah, uh, what's name did it after they won the World Series? The Yankees, I, I think it was either Jeter or A Rod, and he was like they was they was all against us. They was all against us, and actually, everybody picked them to win the World Series that year. But a lot of them like build that narrative in their head so they can have somebody to go against and somebody to compete against. Like if everybody say you go win. That may make you like slack off, but if you be able to put your own enemy in your head to make you keep fighting, that'll make you go to another level. Like it could make you feel like everybody against me. So let me, no, so let me shine. Dabo, Dabo Sweeney loves yeah. that Clemson every year. I was about to say like, uh, <laughs> I even heard stories of like Alabama in this like Nick Saban, Nick Saban dynasty era. There have been times where like somebody's like, bro, like there isn't no bulletin board material out there for us, like. Everybody's picking us to win, bro. We got to make some stuff up ourselves. Like, oh, yeah, you yeah. Heard, I heard back in, like, eighth grade, that one corner who's playing for Clemson now said he'd shut me down any day. Say no more, I'm going to show him what he can do. Like, sometimes, I don't. I wouldn't call him psychotic, but sometimes when you're you on that type of pedestal, like how MJ is, how Braun is, how Kobe was, how Steph was in his two MVP back-to-back years, there isn't a lot of hate out there for you, like, in case of LeBron now, like, what's about somebody gonna say? Yeah, Bron, Bron having a terrible season. I saw somebody tweet that, and he was averaging twenty eight, eight and seven, like terrible season. Like they that's say legit. he's, they so say he's washed and stuff. Down and be like, all right, bro, that boy looked at me the wrong way today. I'm gonna give him eighty five. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, y'all know another player who did something just like that too. Kobe. Shaq, no, Shaq. Shaq did it in the midst of the Lakers' first three-peat. Because I remember watching this in that 2001 Lakers documentary that they have with that 2001 championship team. Kobe, rest in peace. Kobe was saying in that documentary that he was on the bus with Shaq and they were headed into San Antonio for game one of that series. And he saw this look on Shaq's face. He was like, everything cool? Like, what's wrong with you? And Shaq said to him, he's like, when I was a kid, David Robinson wasn't very nice to me. So basically, they went on for years with this whole story about David Robinson basically being shady towards Shaq when Shaq was a teenager. And Shaq came out like many years later and said, no, I'm sorry. I made it up. I apologize, Mr. Robinson. But he and did they, that on NBA TV. Right. And they asked, mm. they asked David Robinson, he was like, did you do that to him? He was like, I don't know. I see a lot of kids every day. I don't know if I shaded Shaq or not. <laughs> But yeah, that is true. Shaq did come out and say that was a lie. I think it was like he didn't want to sign his autograph or something, something like that. Right. But it's not like a, it's not psychotic. Ain't necessarily a bad thing with sport. Like you gotta be a special type of crazy to be an athlete anyway. So, this, I mean, some people will say he's a lunatic. Some people will say he's got mental issues. But it's like, yo, if you ain't never been in the trenches, you just won't know. You know. That's what made him cry. And that's, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like Ray Lewis has the perfect quote for it to really describe what it is. Yeah, if anybody knows you have about to be killing pissed anything. Off for greatness. Right. Yeah. One chance in life. That that whole speech is crazy. I, I listen to that sometimes even when I'm not playing anything. <laughs> but yeah. You that's know. That's what made him cry, though. Like, that's what made him cry. Of people, people 
people saying that he he this he that he uh he a bad leader he was a bully like seeing seeing all that he like man y'all not, y'all not understanding what I went through and how much dedication I committed to this game for y'all to turn around and try to dismiss me as as a bully or as crazy like I, I actually like I mm-hmm. feel like and I put a lot of my teammates and I put a lot of not even my teammates what he said I'm not gonna ask my teammates to do something that I wouldn't do myself right that's, that's a right. leader. And it's incredible, like, that he cried, because, and I'm not even trying to be funny, this man didn't cry one time in the documentary when he was talking about his dad. He didn't cry one time when he was talking about, you know, winning after his dad passed away. He didn't He didn't cry at all until people started to question, oh, does his um, leadership methods and, like, how badly he wants to win and stuff, that's when he started crying. You know, I'm like, bruh, winning is everything to him. Everything to him, whether it's gambling, dismissing dismissing what he did. Like, right. I can see it in a way. Like, you put all this hard work in, and when somebody come by and try and, to dismiss it as like, oh no, nah, the way you did it was wrong. Like, what you mean? Like, do you right. understand what I sacrificed to get here? Like, what you mean? Exactly, exactly. But, but man, we learned that in the first two episodes when he was talking about after he lost whatever series, we were back in the gym. Right back in the gym. Yep. He said, "I'll see you tomorrow." The day after moving. But man, yo, we are getting to the home stretch, man. We got two more episodes. I don't know what we're going to do with ourselves after this. The NBA going to be back. Oh, oh me. Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, ESPN is going to be releasing many other uh, 30 for 30s after this. That, uh, that land series is going to start on May the 24th. Okay, and then by the way, Kevin Durant's documentary comes out the Friday before the last two episodes. You know, okay. so y'all check that out so the world can see PG County basketball. But um, man, I think I think we can wrap it up here. That this was another good show. We wrap it up next week, man. The final games, the flu game, the last shot, Reggie Miller. We get into all that next week, y'all. I can't wait. The last straightaway. You know, but yeah, this has been the play by play analysis, and I want to thank y'all for being on here. Thank y'all for coming in every week. You know, thank y'all for actually doing this with us. You know, shout out to y'all. No problem. You know, (laughs) but we got to get up out of here. I know everybody got work and stuff in the morning, so I'm gonna see y'all when I see y'all. We can go. Deuces. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.